Your experience at Joy Church will be unlike any church service you have ever attended before. We are not about religion. We are about a relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. At Joy Church, you'll hear live and vibrant praise and worship music. You will be loved and encouraged. You will be confident that your children will learn about Jesus in a fun and safe environment. You'll be assured that your youth will be loved and accepted not only for who they are, but challenged to become who they were created to be. At Joy Church, God's Word is delivered through creative, humorous, and relative teaching that will help you apply the Bible to your life. There is a place here at Joy Church just for you, where you can begin to develop a vibrant and exciting relationship with Jesus Christ and discover your divine destiny. All right, here's what we're going to talk about, guys. Check out this title. It's The Big Picture, or Living Life, with purpose. And let me start right off the bat with a verse most of us are very familiar with. Let's look at Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. And here's, here's, what, here's what the Lord says to us. He says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Those are good thoughts. To give you, look at this, a future and a hope. God has a future for every single one of us. God has a hope for every one of us. God has a plan for all of our lives, and that is awesome news. But I also know that many times as believers, we, we very much want to know more detail about what that plan is. You know, many people out here say, well, gosh, you know, I know God's got a plan for me, but what is it? What am I supposed to do? What is my assignment? Am I supposed to be a plumber? Am I supposed to be a doctor? Am I supposed to be this or that? And I believe God wants to, to reveal that to every single one of us, and uh, we just need to seek His face, and He will do so. However... I also want to help you understand there is a big picture here that comes into play because all of our callings, all of our destiny fit together in this same big picture. You know, there's really seven fundamental questions that most people have. You know, if, if, if you'll dig down on the inside of you and you'll kind of search your heart, when I show you this list, you'll agree that these are things that, that, that maybe have, have been questions that you've had or, or when you see them, you go, yeah, I'd like to know the answer to that, right? Let's take a look at them. Here, here's your seven most pressing questions. Number one, why am I here? I mean, we're walking around breathing on planet Earth. Why? Look at number two. This kind of goes along with it. What's my purpose? If we're going to live life with purpose, it's helpful to know what our purpose is. Would you agree? All right. How about the third question? Very important question. Why in the world did God create cats? That is a question that I've long struggled with throughout my life, and it's one I'm going to ask the Lord face to face. Uh, number four, how about this? If swimming is so good for your figure, how do you explain whales? That's a question. It's a, it's a real legit question. Number five, how about if a word's misspelled in the dictionary? How would you ever know? Number six, here's another one. Why is phonics not spelled the way it sounds? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And then number seven, how about this one? Doesn't expecting the unexpected make the unexpected expected? I mean, it kind of cancels it out, doesn't it? And so these are real pressing questions. Now, it would take a lot more time than we have today to answer all these questions. So I'm going to focus on the first two today, and uh, we'll, we'll try to work on the others. So today... Let's talk a little bit about why am I here. Let's talk about what is my purpose. You know, I like simplifying things. 
And uh, Pastor Jim, I love, I love uh, 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 a nugget he's had for, for a number of years. Pop that up if you would. Pastor Jim, life point. Look at this. Religion takes simple things and makes them complex. You ever notice that? You, you ever go to, and I'm not, you, you ever go to a church maybe, not this one. You'll never have this happen here. But you ever go to a church somewhere and uh, maybe you show up and, and the preacher gets up and he, he sounds real smart. But he starts out with some concept or topic that you thought you understood, but by the end of the message, you are so confused, you don't have any idea what to do with that. And something that seems so simple to begin with becomes so complicated. And religion wants to do that. It wants to take the simplicity of the gospel and twist it and turn it and make it difficult to understand and, uh, and to grasp. But see, Jesus is the very opposite of that. Jesus takes complex things and he makes them simple. I like Jesus' way of stuff. I like simple stuff. We overcomplicate things in life. Perfect example is Chad Davis just simply trying to get rid of a dog. Check it out. You got to take this stray dog and go take it out on a road somewhere and dump it far off. Now go on. It eats too much. You eat too much. Tarnation, I took him way out there. He came back. He beat you. Now, take him out further. Thank you for your start. Don't you? All right. Unbelievable. You've got to take him way out and drive him around where he's confused. Just get him way out in the country. Go on, get rid of him. He is not coming back. Well, this is what happens when you feed him, and then you'll name him, and then he'll, he'll never leave. So what happened with you. Oh, get. What we should have got is a blindfold. Was that you or was that me? Where are we? That was me that time, I'm sorry. There's no way you're gonna find your way home now. Where are we? All right, get out. Stupid dog. Dagnabbit, where am I? How do you work this glasses thing? Okay. Hello? Hey. That dog there? Yes, he is here again. Well, put him on. I need directions. So Chad takes simple things and makes them very, very difficult. I'll give you an example from my personal life. A number of years ago, I just needed to mow the lawn. That's all I had to do, just mow the lawn. It's a very simple task. But I had this old lawnmower that I've been kind of nursing along and trying to keep it alive for way too long. And uh, it, it began to break and break and break, and I would mush it back together in different ways. And finally, the entire gas tank broke off of the side of the mower. 
But I didn't stop there because I had this big hunk of real thick foam rubber that I had in my, in my garage. And so I somehow wedged this foam rubber up under the tank and, and made it kind of halfway fit in place so I could still mow. And I had gotten in an almost an entire summer worth of mowing out of this rigged up lawnmower. But one day I was out and I was mowing away, minding my own business. And I got right up against the house and I ran over a rock. And the blaze on the mower made a whole bunch of sparks, and those sparks uh, lit my mower on fire. <laughs> and it just went, you know, because it was covered with gas, you know, because it was leaking everywhere. So this mower, it just erupted in flames. And I got a full gas tank on this mower that, that, that's a bomb waiting to happen, all right? So I, I'm trying to decide, because my mower's right up against the house, so I'm trying to decide whether I run away and let this mower burn down my house or whether I grab this bomb and, and run away with the bomb and let it mow me down. And so I finally chose the, the, the bomb option and I grabbed the mower and I'm running down through my yard with the flaming lawnmower. <laughs> and, I, and I finally get down to the driveway and, I, and so I let the mower loose and run away there. And then I'm standing back from the mower and I realize, well, this thing's just gonna burn to the ground and burn up my driveway now. And I don't want that to happen. So. I ran in my garage and I found a blanket in my garage and I was going to try to smother out the flame on the lawnmower. Now, you think what's going to happen happened, but it's something different that happened. What I didn't realize was, while I was doing all this, this lovely hunk of foam rubber has now turned into to flaming molten lava that's all over my mower. So I come out with the, with the blanket and I, and I tried to, to slap the, the blanket over top the mower and when I did so, I splashed all this lava all up and down my legs. And if you know lava, here's what lava does. It won't leave you, all right? It will attach to you and stay there for the rest of its life. And so all this lava plastic stuck all over my legs and just burned my legs terribly. And uh, so I spent the whole rest of the summer with these big red, uh, I looked like I had smallpox. I had these big red scars all up and down my legs from that uh, foam rubber lava. Now, what was I trying to do? I was just trying to mow the lawn. I was just minding my own business trying to mow the lawn, but I made something that's meant to be simple, very, very difficult by the way I went about doing it. And see, many times as believers, we do that in our own lives. We, we somehow convince ourselves that discovering and understanding and finding what God's plan is, what his purpose is, is some elusive thing, something that's hard to do. Maybe you had somebody tell you one time, you know, one day you might know what God called you to do, but it's hard to figure it out. Well, where do you get that idea from? Show me the verse that says it's hard to figure it out. It's not in there. God wants to simplify things for you, and I want to share some verses with you and kind of give us the big picture so then we can see how everything fits together. Take a look at this over in uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 28 through 31. Again, familiar verses to you. Then one of the scribes came. Now let me tell you uh, what, what had happened. Well, no, no, I won't give you the lead in on this one. The scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, he perceived that he had answered them well. He was talking to them about various things. And uh, he asked them this. He said, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is... Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment 
greater than these. Now, that leads us to this life point, and check this out. Our primary purpose on this planet is to love God and to love people. That's Jesus' two greatest commands for us. Now, I say that, and most of you are thinking right now, well, I know that, Pastor Dave, and you know, that's basic Christianity 101. And I agree with that. That is basic Christianity 101. But here's the question. Are we doing that? Because if that's my purpose, if that is my greatest assignment from the Lord, no, wait, wait, no. I know what God's called me to do. He's called me to be a doctor. He's called me to be a plumber. He's called me to be a, a, a worship leader. He's called me to be a pastor. Well, those very much, very well may be God's specific assignments for you within the body of Christ. But I'm telling you this, every single one of those assignments is for the purpose of loving God and loving people. That's the big picture. So those of you who maybe are still trying to find out your specific assignments in the Lord, i got good news for you today. Here's your specific assignment from the Lord. Love God and love people. That should be good news. I hope you're glad to hear good news. And see, our purpose should drive our priorities. Our purpose should drive our activities. You know, if you're a vacuum cleaner, you're going to function most effectively when you're vacuuming, right? If you're, if you're a heater, you're functioning at your highest level when you're heating something. Well, if you're a human being walking around on planet Earth, you're functioning at your highest productivity when you're loving God and when you're loving people, all right? So how do we do that? How do we check? How do we know if we're loving people and loving God. Well, I'm glad that you asked. Let's take a look at five. Whoop, what did I skip? Oh, we'll skip that. Let's talk about five priorities of purpose. All right? Here's your first priority of purpose. Focus on fellowship. Focus on fellowship. This is on the, the, the loving God side of things. Now, Pastor Rob talked a good bit about this over uh, Wednesday night service, and he shared this nugget from Pastor Jim. It's one that he shared for many, many years, and that is this. Destiny comes through intimacy we all know God has a plan for us we all know there's a destiny out there for us but if you're trying to find your way to that the best way to find your way to that is through your intimate relationship with Jesus on a day-by-day -day basis see that destiny unfolds out of that relationship that we have with the Lord destiny comes through intimacy all right uh, I'll give you an example uh, Paula, uh, we, we've been, my lovely wife, we've been married 29 years now, and she's awesome. So mark your, uh, mark your calendars to buy expensive gifts for us next May, 30-year anniversary coming up. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars. But uh, my beautiful wife, before we were married, we were both in college, and we were dating. And one summer in college, she ran off and left me for the whole summer and ran off to Mexico. How about that? good news is she went there as a missionary and she spent the entire summer, uh, summer on, on a mission trip down in Mexico and was just doing wonderful things for the Lord. But I missed her. I loved her. She was my girlfriend. And so um, I, wanted, I wanted to be with her. Now this was back before they had cell phones. This was back before they had Skype. This was back before you could FaceTime. This was back before uh, uh, pencils and, and stuff. And so, you know, it was very hard to interact back in those days. So the only way that we could correspond with one another was via letter. Well, let me say it differently. The only affordable way that we could correspond with each other was via letter. So I was writing her all these letters. I was missing her. And I would write these letters. Oh, you're awesome. Oh, I miss you. Oh, I love you. And guess what I was getting? Nothing. 
I was getting nothing back. I'm pouring out these letters. I'm sending them to her, and I'm waiting at the mailbox, and the mailman just thumbs his nose at me every time he goes by, and he won't give me nothing. And so I was waiting. I was wanting a letter from my sweet, sweet girlfriend. Why? Because I loved her, and I wanted her. But since I knew I couldn't have her, I wanted her letters, at least, because those represented her while she was away. Now, on her defense, she was writing letters to me, too. And she was putting little lipsticky smoochies on them and stuff like that, <laughs> and perfume and all this kind of stuff. But they weren't getting to me. The mailman wouldn't bring them. I think it was the, the Mexican mailman that wouldn't bring them. But for whatever reason, these things were delayed. So it was about a month before I got my first letter from Paul, and I was so excited when I got that letter. I ripped it open, and I poured over it, and I read it over and over and over again. Why? Because that letter represented her. I wanted that letter. But I didn't just want that letter. I wanted her. Because I wanted her, I wanted her letters that represented her. But see, here's something that's real important. Check out this, this life point. God is waiting to be wanted. See, God loves you, the Bible says, with an everlasting love. Matter of fact, God loves you so much. We know John 3, 16, what? God so loved the world. Did what? He sent his son to die for us. There's no greater price to pay out of his love expressed through that great sacrifice. And so God loves you tremendously. God loves you more than you can imagine. God wants you with him. And I don't mean he wants you dead. I mean he wants you in fellowship with him. All right? Jesus said that over in John chapter 17. He was praying to his father about his disciples, and he said, God, I, I, I want them to be with me where I am. That was Jesus' heart. Over in John 14, he says, I go and I prepare a place for you, and if I'm going to go and prepare a place for you, then I'm going to come back for you and gather you unto myself. Because why? Because he wants you with him. He cares about you. We were created for fellowship with the Lord. That's what we're designed for. Jesus, when he chose his 12 disciples... He went out, and you remember he gave him assignments. He was like, go out and heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils. Those were assignments. But his first assignment that he gave them before all of those was to be with him. He called these 12 together to be with him. That was their greatest assignment as the 12 disciples, to be in fellowship with the Lord. See, God has given us that great assignment, to love the Lord with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. Does that sound like all in? All our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's a pretty high level of commitment. Why does he want that? Because he's all in with you. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right? And he wants that fellowship back from you. Look over in Psalm 27. Here's David. Here's what he said in verse 4. He said, One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So David had one thing he desired, and that was to dwell in the house of the Lord. Look what he says later, same chapter. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, will I seek. What's going on? What's going on is that love interaction back and forth between God and between David. See, check out this life point. God's love to us is a question. Our answer should be yes. And that's exactly what, what David's doing. David says, look, you, you said seek my face, and my heart, oh, that touched my heart to such a level because my heart said, Lord, your face will I seek. 
I want what you want here. And I want to have that fellowship. And I want to express that love back to you. We were created for that. That's our purpose. That's the big picture, folks. And that's a huge part of it. Very important. Job 23, 12. Now think about this. Job says this. He, he says, I've treasured the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. You know what necessary food is? Necessary food is what you need to survive. And Job says, even more than that, I treasure your word. Why? Well, because he didn't have the Lord there available face to face. So he had to read his letters. Where's his letters? Well, it's his word. His word is his love letter to us. And so that is there for us. It represents the Lord to us. And that's what we can dig into and pour over because it represents him and how he feels about us. So I encourage you guys, put that first place in your life every single day. Put that fellowship first. Specialize in that. Right? Second thing that we have, priority of purpose, is specialize in serving. Check this out, Mark chapter 10, verse 43 through 45. It says, it shall not be so among you. This is uh, the one I wanted to give you the lead in on. Jesus' disciples, they were a funny bunch. They seemed to always be in competition over who was going to be the greatest. You know, I'm going to be the greatest. I, they thought they were Muhammad Ali or something. So they were, they were battling back and forth. And in this particular situation, Peter and John had come to Jesus, you know, kind of behind the backs of the other disciples, and they wanted to be uh, seated at the right hand and the left hand of Jesus in glory. That's a fairly large request, isn't it? And so the other disciples found out about it, and they weren't too happy because they wanted that role too. And so Jesus is kind of straightening them out a little bit, and he says, look, he just finished saying all the, the, the Gentiles, they go out, and here's how they go about being great. But he says, let, that, yet, let it not be so among you. He says, but whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. See, he didn't rebuke them for wanting to be great. He taught them how to be great. He told them what greatness was measured by the Lord. And he said, those that want to desire to be great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. See, God wants you to specialize in serving. Check out 1 Corinthians chapter 10. When we put other people first, it's amazing what that accomplishes in our lives. But look at what, what, what uh, Paul said. He said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. See, Paul understood as a free believer, he, he had so many things that he could do, but he understood that if he did some of those things, even though they were legitimate things to do, they wouldn't be helpful. They wouldn't edify. And he goes on to say in verse 24, let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. And Paul's saying, look, I don't need to focus my attention on me. I'm going to focus my attention on other people. I'm going to serve other people. Where does this fall into line with purpose? Well, it falls right into line with loving others, right? We love God, and we want to love others as well. And when we put others first, we're expressing and we're showing that love to them. Look at this life point. When I focus on others my preferences and my comforts become less important to me. Anybody want to quit? Anybody like to stop complaining? Would anybody like to do that? Who wants to stop complaining? Four people want to stop complaining. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually just trying to find out who the complainers are in the crowd. So, All right. If you want to stop complaining, let's get our attentions on other people. Let's get our focus on other folks. 
uh, uh, years ago, and, and when I was in college, you know, I told you about Paula running off and leaving me one summer when we were dating. I ran off and left her the summer before that when we were dating because I was working at a summer camp that summer before. And we were doing all kinds of great uh, work in the community. We were doing all kinds of service project stuff. And uh, it was awesome. But when we got there and arrived at camp, we had nowhere to live. So the guys, three of us guys on staff, we had to build our own home for the summer. And so here's what our home consisted of. We built a plywood platform that was 8 feet by 12 feet as, as a floor area. And then we put up these 8-foot panels of plywood with no windows. And across the top of those 8-foot panel walls, we just threw a tarp. And that was our home for the entire summer. We cut a door into it and put a, a, a towel up over the door, and that was our doorway. So this is where we lived the entire hot, muggy, sweaty summer. Three guys, that was our home in Hoseti, about 12, 96-square-foot home that we shared together. All right? Now, you know how much we complained about that? Zero. You know how much we minded that? Zero, because we weren't even thinking about our comfort in this home that we lived in. We were thinking about what we were in the middle of doing. And what we were doing was awesome. Another example, Pastor Eddie will remember, way back years ago when we went on our first missions trip to Jamaica, way back in the mid-90s. We were out in this uh, place where we were staying, and it was hot. It was just crazy hot. It was, it was July. It was, it was sweaty. It was about 2,000 degrees. It was 100% humidity. It was hotter than that molten lava that I had on my legs. And so we're out, and it's just crazy hot. And so we're out in the, in the middle of this compound, bright sunny day, and we hear in the distance someone, someone calling out something, and we couldn't tell what they were calling, but they were walking towards us, and they got closer and closer, and we realized they were saying, ice cream. We're like, ooh, that sounds good, ice cream. So the guy comes around the corner, and, and here's what we see. There's this, he, he's, he's wearing nothing but a pair of shorts, no shoes, no shirt. He's just drenched in sweat. And he's got, you know those tubs of ice cream you, you, you have at the ice cream parlor? You know, the big round uh, uh, barrels of ice cream? You know what I'm talking about. You eat there all the time. Um, <laughs> he, he, was, he was walking across this compound. It, you know, it was 100% humidity, crazy hot. And he's got this tub of ice cream up on his shoulder, sweating all in it, bugs all in it. It was disgusting. And this guy walks, walks by, and we're like, oh, gosh. And we start talking amongst ourselves, mocking this guy in, in the sense of, who would eat this? I mean, what kind of crazy idiot would eat ice cream of unknown origin from somebody covered in sweat, wandering across the compound with no shirt on? Well, the next day, we're out in the same compound, about the same time of day, after we've been working hard, doing all our mission-y stuff, and uh, we hear again, ice cream. Well, I'm telling you, we were fighting to be the first person in line <laughs> to eat the ice cream this guy had. And by the time he'd carried it, as far as he'd carried it, it was no longer ice cream. It was more like kind of a room temperature milkshake was, was what he was scooping out of it. But it was awesome. Why? Because we didn't care. We were, we just, we were glad to be doing what we were doing. Our comforts, our preferences didn't matter to us. Now, there's so many ways you can reach out here at this church. And one of the ways that's coming up here in just about three weeks is our three-in-one event. I want to show you a quick recap of last year to see what you could be a part of here.
here at the free yard sale, you can see all the people behind me. Oh my gosh, we're giving them all the free stuff, free food, free health care. We've had people camping out since 2 o'clock yesterday afternoon. And this morning I saw this dad and his son, you know, with a brand new bike. We're making such a difference in this community. Thank you for being a part of it. We have over 50 healthcare professionals who have donated their Saturday, even their Friday evening, to come in and help us set up and to get these services available to the people of Mount Juliet and Greater Wilson County and all, all over Nashville that are coming for our three-in-one event today. We are so excited. We've got chiropractors and physical therapists. We've got medical doctors. We've got nurses. We've got mental health services, social workers. We live in a time when people are struggling to get the health care services that they need. And this is an opportunity for Joy Church to reach out to the people of this community and to show them how much we care, not just about their spiritual life, which we certainly do care about, and we're here to help with that as well, but also to provide the services that God has blessed us with in order to make sure this community stays healthy and fit and ready to come and worship with us here at Joy Church. We've done this a number of years, but it never gets old. Um, we are serving food, breakfast, and lunch to all those who come, um, free of charge, of course. Our people who serve, they love it. They enjoy the ministry that it is. We enjoy um, talking to the people and giving them free food. It, it's amazing, the people that you'll meet out here. It's, it's an awesome time, uh, and it, it truly never gets old. We got so many good things this year. We got quality, we got quantity. We got so many people helping, the most volunteers we've ever had, so thank you all. And you know, we give away lots of awesome stuff, but the stuff is so that we can get their hearts to Jesus. That's the reason we do it. We're so excited. This is how good God is. This is how he works. Um, we have a gentleman in our church who was uh, praying about what he should do for the yard sale this year, how he could bless people. He landed at Walmart in the bike section, uh, and he cleared the bike section out. He bought all the little bikes, the medium-sized bikes, the young youth bikes, and he brought them here uh, last Friday and dropped them off and said, this is what the Lord told me to do to bless our community. First time we ever came here, Everybody made us feel welcome, like we've been coming here forever. Thank you. Thank you for having this day for everyone, you know, so everybody can come out and be together, you know, and spread the love. All right, guys. I tell you what, if you've not been a part of one of these events, you've been missing out on the fun. Coming up very soon, stop by guest services, sign up. There's two ways you can help. We need hundreds of volunteers, and we have them every year, but you can be one of those and get to know a lot of wonderful people. Sign up to serve and be a part of this event. Also, did you see all the wonderful things we were giving away? Those came from you. That's another way you can serve is to look and find all the great things among your home that you're willing to give away and donate and bless the community with. And uh, we'll be uh, opening up the church the week before where you can bring those in and we can just sow into and invest into this community. Great way to specialize in serving. All right, third thing that we can do, 
uh, priority of purpose is to complete your commission. Complete your commission. Take a look at these two verses together, Mark 16 and Matthew 28. This is called the Great Commission. This was Jesus' basically last words to his disciples. And in Mark, he says this, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He says this in Matthew 28, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So two things. Preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And make disciples, make Christ followers among all the people that you come into contact with. You know, that is our assignment as Christians. That's not the pastor's assignment. That's not the priest's assignment. That is the Christian's assignment. And every single one of us has an opportunity to lead people to Jesus. All right? And I want to encourage you guys, it is easier to lead people to Jesus than you might think. The devil would love for you to think it's hard and difficult and you can't do it. But guys, it's, 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 it's a piece of cake. To lead people to the Lord. Now, well, well, I don't know how, Pastor Dave. Let me tell you how. And, and this is a real simple, easy uh, way to figure out how if you're interested. Go to our website, joychurch.net. Jump on there in the section called Next Steps. You'll find on there how to, how to uh, make a commitment to Jesus or making a decision for the Lord. And Pastor Jim has a video on there where he goes through and he, he, he leads people to the Lord via video. We've had many people who have given their lives to Jesus just simply by watching that video online. So there's two things you can do with that. If you don't feel comfortable with sharing with somebody, we'll point somebody to that video so they can see that and they can enter into a relationship with Jesus. But also, take some time to look through that video yourself. Watch it over and over till you feel more and more comfortable with talking to other people about the Lord because there are people that you come into contact with that may never step through the doors of this church, but that you have an opportunity to invest in their lives and to make a difference. Okay? Check this out, this life point. It is our job to do the sharing. It is Jesus' job to do the saving. And see, I think sometimes that's the pressure that Christians put on themselves. I did this when I was a young believer. Back when I was in college, I had this real uh, 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 desire and, and, and felt compelled to go out and witness to people, but I felt this pressure that I had to get people saved. Well, you can't get people saved. What you can do is you can share the good news of Jesus Christ with people. God is the saver. And you're just simply introducing him to the one that can bring about that life change in their lives. So I encourage you, jump online, look that up, and we would love for you to complete your commission in a big way. Number four, here's a good one, champion your church, champion your church. Guys, the local church is one of the most awesome ways to fulfill your destiny and fulfill your purpose. Check out Hebrews 10, verse 24 and 25. It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. God wants us to stir each other up with love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Look around you. You have not forsaken the assembling of yourselves together today. Very proud of you. Thank you for doing that. Give yourselves a big hand. That's awesome. It says, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. See, God wants us to encourage one another. God wants us to exhort one another. God wants us to, to reach out to and love on each other. And there's five great ways that you can get connected here at Joy Church. Let's check this out. Five ways to get involved. Number one, serving groups. That's our joy team members. That's people who are out there ushering and, and greeting and taking care of your kids and, and doing all the different areas, you know, uh, uh, outdoor maintenance and lawn and clean team, all the different groups, all the different areas within the church where people are involved serving. They're connecting and making a difference with people, uh, doing something bigger than they can do by themselves. You know, together we can accomplish so much more than we can separate. And so as a big church, we can make 
a big difference. And one of those is through our servant groups. Next way is through our joy groups, our joy groups. We've been talking to you about this big time. We started beginning this month to have monthly joy group meetings where we can gather together and have awesome fellowship. What a great way to meet your new best friend. What a great way to develop relationships and connections with people where you can later get together and take the mask off. And, and, and true life change happens through relationships. But I want to submit a thought to you related to our joy groups. You know, a lot of times we look at that and we go, oh, okay, those are, the, those are the social groups, those are the fellowship groups. And so, you know, I, I don't really need that or I don't really want that. But have you ever thought that the purpose for you to go to the joy group is not for you, but it's that other person at the joy group? You know, God has put things in you that aren't meant for you. God has put things in you that are meant for somebody else. And there's somebody in that group that may need the very thing that you have, but if you're never there, they'll never come across it. Again, what am I doing? We're changing our focus. It's not just about me coming to this event to find friends. It's about me coming to this event to be a friend and to invest in the people that are there. And guess what? Lo and behold, you'll find friends will come to you just because you're there and you're sowing seeds that are going to produce harvest back into your life. That's such a great thing. Third thing is outreaches. We just talked about that. Three-in-one outreach coming up. Many other outreaches we have throughout the year. Please come and be a part of these. Number four, invest, invite, include. We talk about that every single weekend and Wednesday night. Why? It's not because we can't think of anything else to say. It's because it's so important. It's a vital part of each of our lives throughout the week, guys. We're a church that doesn't, uh, uh, we're not self-absorbed as a church. We believe and understand there's people outside these walls that need what we have within these walls. And so we look out and reach out into the community and bless people in a big way. And you can do that through investing, inviting, and including. You work with and, and live near people we may never meet, but you are the one designed by God to reach out and to give the love of Jesus away to them. And here's the fifth one. And please, we ask you for this. Pray for your church. Pray for your church leadership. We covet your prayers here at Joy Church, guys. We need them. We want them. We welcome them. Pastor Jim tells us uh, so often, we, we never want to undertake anything as a church that we can't cover in prayer. He and Ms. Sam, they pray for you every single day. We as a staff, we pray for you every single day. Please join in with us and pray together for each other, for this church, for the leadership, for the things that we have going on. You'd be amazed at what can be accomplished through prayer. And then number five, here's the fifth priority of purpose. Joy in your journey. Joy in your journey. You know, there's a reason this church is called Joy Church, and it's not just because your pastor is full of joy, but it is a big uh, uh, demonstration of what we believe as a church. We believe in enjoying the journey along the way. Psalm 118, verse 24 says this. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Now, if I will rejoice, that's an act of my will, isn't it? It's a decision. It's a choice. And we need to understand joy is a choice. Joy is a decision. And guys, listen, we're walking through life on a journey. Let's have fun on that journey. Let's enjoy that journey. Even if life gets a little bit bumpy, we can enjoy the journey just like Amber does. This was after they tried to get rid of the dog. Thank you for flying Joy Airlines today. And let us prepare for landing. So please put your tray tables up and turn off those electronic devices. Also, join me in welcoming our new co-pilot. Today will be his first commercial landing. So when the plane lands, please give him a great round of applause. Thank you. 
on some lipstick. today and remember to thank our new co-pilot and let him know which of the three landings that you like the best. <laughs> Amber is very perky. I like that. That's a good one. So guys, let's enjoy the journey along the way. Uh, I want to ask you to do something. Think about this, by the way. We're talking about the big picture. We're talking about living life with purpose. We're talking about all these great opportunities that we have in front of us. Everybody do this, if you would. Lift your hand up as high as you can, if you would. Lift your hand up as high as you can, okay? Now lift it up higher. Now lift it up higher. Can you get any higher? You got the right idea back there. Oh, okay, some of them are getting it higher. Can you get any higher, anybody? Lift it up higher. You guys are under-participating. Is that as high as you can get? All right, I see people standing on their chairs now. Now, before everybody jumps on their chairs, you may be seated, but I'm trying to show you a point. See what happened at the very beginning. At the very beginning, I asked you to raise your hand as high as you can. Nobody in the room raised their hand as high as they could. See, we have a tendency to, to hold back. We, we have a tendency to, to keep some things in reserve. We have a tendency to, to, to not go all in sometimes with the Lord, because there's kind of a security in that, that buffer that we keep there. But see, if we go back to those very first verses that we looked at from Matthew chapter 12, what did Jesus say? He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Heart, soul, mind, and strength is all in. I want to encourage us today, this week, in the months to come, let's go all in with God. Don't hold back. Don't, 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 don't hold back reserve when God says, seek my face. Respond like David did and go, you know what, Lord? Your face will I seek. And then follow that up with action that's in line with your purpose. Because whether you're called to be a doctor, whether you're called to be a plumber, whether you're called to be the president or whatever, you have the same purpose. And that purpose is to love God and to love people. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for every person in this room. Lord, help us to receive your word, to apply it in our lives, and I thank you as a result. Our lives are changed in powerful, powerful ways. In Jesus' name, amen.